0: Facilitator of Healing, Karen Leslie.
1: Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you're here joining me today for this episode of Cultivating Kindness with Karen. And of course, I'm Karen Leslie, your host. And we're here today, as always, on the Inspired Choices Network, where you can find so many amazing different hosts and all kinds of different topics that you can learn from, enjoy, laugh and giggle with. We have everything here. And laugh and giggle might be part of what we end up with today as well. I had a very strong message very early on in February that I was to do a show about play. And I was sitting there and going, seriously? (laughs) That's not a word that's in my vocabulary. And as those of you who follow my show know I work a lot with oracle cards. I get a lot of messages for types of shows to have and content to be there for you. And So I knew not to question that we were going to talk about play one day. So I left it for two or three days. And then all of a sudden, it just, I can't remember what I was doing, but I almost blurted it out and I was with other people and I almost said, oh, Kathy Belgrave. And I'm just <laughs> like, now I know how I can do this show. So we have a wonderful guest with us today whose name is Kathy Belgrave and Kathy and I have known each other for many years. We met in high school. We've stayed in touch ever since and even our birthdays are only 10 days apart. Like there's a lot of similarities and things in our lives with each other. And so let me give you a little bit of background on Kathy and then we can get into more of our program. So Kathy is a parent. Elementary teacher and an early childhood education certified wonder-led educator. And for those that were with me last week, I remember saying to her that she, to you that she's a wonder-led educator, and that just lit me up. So I'm excited to learn more about that today. Kathy has been working with children for over 25 years in a variety of settings, and is the founder of Creative Studio for Children. She currently offers workshops to preschool teachers and teaches preschool and elementary play-based programs in Vancouver. When not teaching, Kathy loves to be outside in nature and can be found communing with the trees in the forest or watching a sunset. And Kathy posts amazing pictures of sunset when I watch her social media. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, Kathy. I'm so excited to have you here with me.
2: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited too for this conversation. Yeah. There's so much about
1: play that truthfully I don't understand, which is why I reached out to you. Because I know that the aspect of play, the element of play, and helping children and you know adults to be able to learn how to play, I mean, that's your stomping ground. I'm like That's your expertise. And I know there's a lot that I'll be able to gain from this. I was thinking a little bit, um, just a little earlier today, and I was like, play, do I actually feel I have anything to contribute to today? <laughs> I didn't come up with a lot, although I have questions and, and curiosity, and that is an element of play. Mm-hmm. The, my childhood, and I shared this with Kathy a little bit beforehand, but just for you, those of you who are here with us today, I don't remember playing much. I remember a little bit, but I also remember that my play was, if I got too spontaneous or if I got too exaggerated with my play um, or didn't sort of fit into certain boundaries with it, it was shut down pretty clearly. And so when I started having my children, it was like, oh, no, how am I going to play with them? And so I learned from other new mothers and I watched my kids and tried to follow along with, okay, so what are they just naturally doing? And so that started a, a little bit of a journey with play. And then as I got older, I lost more of it. Now Kathy saw a little bit of it when we were in university together because we were actually roommates as well. And then when I got into corporate world, it was like, oh no, I need to pull this back in and not be playful and not be this silly person anymore. because I. I was traveling across Canada like I needed to be serious. And I was like, ah, in hindsight. But anyways, it doesn't matter. So I guess, Kathy, what I'd like to ask you first is, so what does play mean to you? Because I have such a limited understanding of it.
2: Yeah. So I would start off by saying, you know, play is a very integral part of what makes us human. Like, um, it is a natural element of who we are. And just listening to, you know, your dis- description of your journey with it, it's like part of it is then reconnecting with that spontaneity within us all. And so I, I think of it like when you think of um, children and babies, you know, we're all trying to find our place in the world. We're all trying to find a sense of belonging. And if you watch Babies grow, you'll see, you know, that's what they're doing. They're trying to figure out, you know, where they're positioned in the world. And they're, um, you know, over time making purposeful action, interacting with people, and that just keeps going. Um, And so, you know, when you look at school age children and their ability to play, same thing, you know, they're trying to find out, you know, where they fit in. Um, And so play too, you know, I would say is, is, there's some elements to authentic play. So one of them is um, intrinsically motivated. So a person is playing because they actually want to, whatever the activity is, they're choosing it. Um, So then it becomes self-motivated self sustaining. So they want to keep it going. If you watch children playing, you'll see they'll, you know, they may have conflict. But what binds them together is they want the play to keep going. Uh, (laughs) So, so so they'll compromise and they'll adjust and just different things like that. Um, They have um, rules. You know, some, some of those rules are unspoken and also the rules are changeable. Um, play offers uh, creativity and the use of imagination. And also with play, there's flow. You know, there's that state of just um, being and, um, you know, there's no stress in play. Um, there's no known outcome. I'm um, <laughs> you were feeling so stressed. <laughs> just flow oh, that's so good <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so for adults you know it becomes a state of mind so play is different for different people
1: you know when you were talking about babies i think that is one time when as an adult we will let ourselves actually play in a way that we won't normally allow like we make those silly faces, we make we change our voice. We, I don't know. We just we. Did. It's it shocked me as an adult when some of my friends started having kids, and I was watching people with the child, with these newborns or or little people, and how they behaved. And I like I never held a child till I had my own. So even when my friends had children, I was like, I don't know about this. But that is probably one time when I can remember that even though I was worried about judgment from the other adults around that I did allow myself to just like follow the child, Mm -hmm. be that silly, make those noises and, and really be more spontaneous being with them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so you're touching on a a point of um, where we get disconnected, right? We are taught certain ways to be and our culture tells us what's acceptable. And so that band of what's acceptable can be very narrow. And so that spontaneity isn't always cultivated in that creativity, you know, and you you see that in school, you know, the way school is set up, it, it, um, you know, it's very um, curriculum driven um, so it's about learning these these things um, and uh, there's not a lot of room for the child to you know find their own way with it you know some latitude but not not enough I would say mm-hmm. yeah I could see that being really very very true even more
1: so now I think than when perhaps our children were in school and you know well in mine, as you know didn't go to school till grade eight. I homeschooled all the boys until that age group and homeschooled very loose term, extremely loose term, because really I just let them play mm-hmm. and I just watched them. And I mean, I brought in elements of learning because of course they needed to learn to read and they needed to learn, you know, that one plus three did equal four and things like this, but it was, uh, It was done very differently and differently for each one of my three sons as well, which was kind of cool when I look back on it. So I did have some understanding for them at that time, which was really cool. Uh, And and I want to just quickly bring in here too the um, for those, you know, for people who regularly watch the show, you, you know about the Oracle cards and how I work with them. And I actually went back and looked today, Kathy, it was February 10th that I wrote to you and said, would you help me with this show? So here it is. Now, so back in February, when I was thinking about this, I pulled two cards and one's always for myself. And the card then was about healing scars from the past for me and letting go and letting life flow. And that's when you, so when you talked about flow with play as one of the elements of it, I was like, oh, yes, okay. And I can see how being allowed to just freely play as a child, and then you know, hopefully for even adults, but as a child, I could see how it prevents some of those scars, like what how the cards speaking to me because my play was so regulated, mm-hmm. so that created difficulties for me. But if you just, and as you say, if you watch children play it just it flows from one activity to another and there may be a disruption but then they get back to it again so easily and so i can see how that would really add to their development to their overall happiness and uh, and just joy of life right
2: totally yes yes and so one of the mistakes i would say our culture makes is thinking that nothing is happening during play oh you know- yeah right <laughs> yeah we talk about play as uh the break from work and so there's this underlying implication that when you play nothing's going on and so but when children play that is the way they're learning best you know yeah. they're able to take risk and sometimes that's physical risk sometimes that's social emotional risk they're uh, learning a lot of social skills, how to be with other children, how to make decisions, how to solve conflict, um, you know, how to make up rules, how yeah. to role play, you know, when you watch kids, you know, being, par- pretending to be parents, um, just <laughs> or shopping out. or doing whatever, right? All the different things. Yeah. yeah. And so if as adults, we just step back and trust that children know what they're doing. And, you know, again, it comes back to them wanting to um, be part of the world. So they're, you know, thinking, they're uh, problem solving, they're doing all kinds of things. Um, and, and, and so they're learning. Um, and so... That's very cool. Yeah, if we stand back and allow that and watch and see what are they actually trying to figure out. So, for example, if we're watching some, you know, preschool children play with blocks and they're building towers and the blocks keep falling over, you know, some of maybe what they're learning is. That, that falling over part, um, or you'll see them knock them over. So they're playing around with destruction. What's it mean to destroy something? Then maybe they want their building to stay up. And so then they're figuring out stability. And if we um, hang back and watch and think of ourselves more as almost researchers, if you will, of and then seeing what they're working with and talking with them at certain points, Um, find out what they're thinking then we know what to offer them next so and sometimes it doesn't have to be verbal it's like oh stability so then we're going to offer these materials and just slide them in and they just keep on playing you know other times it's um conversations with them and what they're noticing and sometimes in education we call it scaffolding you know giving them some information to help them bridge over to the next level of learning for what they're interested in because that's another thing about play it's it's driven by by their interest um, so again wanting to figure out how this thing works and how the world works essentially is what they're They're sorting out for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's so cool, right?
1: That really makes sense when I think about it. And It is a way to maneuver the world. And I guess also help them find their place in it Mm -hmm. and how they're figuring it all out. You know, when I first said I was going to homeschool um, my eldest son at that time, uh, one of a family member said to me or said to him, sorry, um, but you can't have recess if you're not at school. And I remember thinking, what? <laughs> and that was one of the reasons that he chose to go. He did go for two weeks. And then I saw such a shift in him that I I pulled him out. But he was convinced that I couldn't give him recess. And then when he got to recess, he hated it. Mm-hmm. It was he just saw so many children being unkind to each other mm-hmm. in in large, large groups. And it was overwhelming. I thought that was that was a grandparent's reason is that I couldn't give him recess, so that's why he should be going to school. And I just thought, hmm, you don't understand (laughs) school very well or play and things as to how it all works. And the way you're describing the role of play and what it gives a child, I can actually look back and see how it was a benefit to my boys. And I am so appreciative of that gift that you just gave me. Because there were times when I was worried that letting them just play was not being a responsible parent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right, yeah. because it's it's so frowned on. And I mean, we well, rent where we're currently living, and our landlord was here one day uh, with his wife and his daughter, and I had all my jewelry supplies out making some bracelets, and the the, the young girl was fascinated. And I just said, you know, well, can she make one? I, I'm happy for her to make one. And they were both against it because it was a frivolous activity. And she was never allowed to do something like that. So I pushed, to be honest. And we sat and made a bracelet. And uh, she expressed to her parents, because she told me later that she would like to make more, and she wasn't allowed to. That one bracelet was it. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was an activity that was frivolous, frivolous had no uh, no contribution towards her education and intelligence.
2: Yeah, it's a, yeah it's, it's a misunderstanding of what play is, of thinking that nothing is happening during play when actually so much is happening. And, and for me, one of the crucial things is connection with others and relationship. And so by building that relationship, the child is building their own confidence. It's that re- reciprocity of relationship. And that's a thing that, you know adults have, it's tricky for adults, you know, because we're taught that, you know, children are a certain way and that they're not our equals. Um, and that in, in, you know, in some ways, they're an empty vessel. That we need to fill with knowledge and information about how to be in the world. But I would say children have a lot of knowing and understanding, you know, just by being in the world, they have experience and they have knowledge and they have knowledge as an age appropriate level. And so, yes, being the adult, our knowledge is different. Um, I wouldn't say it's better it's it's different and and you know the child is going to learn in their own way and our job is to support that learning and provide those bridges um to the next levels of learning you know okay Okay, i'm gonna interrupt you here for a second kathy
1: we need to go for our first break and i tend to get very caught up in conversation so i got to keep an eye on this (laughs) So I want to thank everyone for being here with Kathy Belgrave and myself. We're here talking about play on cultivating kindness with Karen. And we're going to go for a short break. I'm hoping you will all join us when we come back because we're going to look at more. of What is that uh, intelligence that play brings to the children and what can we actually learn from our kids is something I'd love to explore when we come back after this Um these couple of commercials. So stay with us. Maybe in the meantime, get up, move around, play a little bit, and we'll be with you just in a couple of minutes. Thanks everybody.
0: We all have different experiences with and definitions of kindness. These experiences and beliefs about kindness have influenced who we are today and how we see the world. The universe is always listening. So what are you telling the universe today? eager to hear your message the world awaits contact us today to become an inspired choices network radio host email become a host at Network.com. this is cultivating kindness with karen to participate in the program join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com you can also send an email to karen at karenlesley.ca now back to the program
1: welcome back everybody i'm so glad you're here today with myself karen leslie and my wonderful friend and guest kathy belgrave we're talking about play and already just from the first segment and if you're just joining us now please go back and listen to the first part because there's been mic drops that kathy has given us and how we can look at play and i'm like i really want to talk more about the what the play does, and you're talking about children's intelligence and what it offers them and takes them to the next level. And I'd never, I'd never thought about it that way. And yet, you know, watching my children and other children, and we belong to a very large homeschooling group. So we were with like a lot of kids. Actually, and what was so cool about that was they were all different ages. Mm -hmm. And watching the interaction with that was really really actually fascinating how they built the relationships like you were saying and the learning that happened when some of the older children would intervene sometimes when things got a little out of hand but I'd never thought of the just that intelligence building and that knowledge aspect that was there through all of that I don't know I'm lost for words I don't know what else you can add to that for me but I would love to talk about it more
2: Yes, yes. So that scenario you're describing with the older children. Oh, so rich and so much going on in those kinds of groupings, because the younger children, you know, just by watching how those older children are in the world and what they're playing and how they're choosing to explore is teaching, um, showing and, and then by interacting, you know, there may be some you know, let's use the block um, building example again. You know, that older child may already know how to make it more stable, and they're just going to show them this is what you do, um, and so and then they carry on. And so that's all knowledge building, and so all of those experiences are, you know, um, becoming part of the child. You know, yeah. and we look at the brain science of it; it's like building neural pathways. And repetition of certain play activities um, or any play activity is like strengthening those neural pathways. And and so, you know, Sorry,
1: it's, that's why sometimes a child will get so fixated on a certain activity then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think of the child when they're um, you know learning how to feed themselves and then they uh, drop their spoon on the floor and yeah. then it's like, whoa, first time. And uh, and then you give it back to them and then they throw it on the floor repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. So they're learning like, oh, I actually can have an effect in this world and I'm doing it right now by dropping my spoon on the floor. And so every time they they're seeing what happens is the same thing going to happen over and over and over and so then they're strengthening that neural pathway and that stays with them. And then, you know, as they grow and explore more, um, they're building really complex networks of pathways and, and, you know, it affects how they feel about themselves. It affects um, their identity, um, you know, just backing up a little bit, you um, you know, to this, the group scenario, you know, one of the motivating forces for play is wonder, wonder, and curiosity, you know, wonder about the world, like being in awe of um, how things work, how the world is put together, you know, and it can be very simple things that as adults, we can overlook, You know, I I think of an example in one of my preschool programs where uh, I put erasers out. um, uh, And this one child knew about erasers and had never used one. And he spent so much time just writing on his page and erasing, writing on his page and erasing, like full of wonder and curiosity of this thing we call an eraser and it's wow. so easy to dismiss that and think oh you're not focused or you're making a mess or have some sort of judgment when if we kind of step back and just try and see it through the eyes of the child what could this what could they be thinking about uh we never know really we, mm-hmm. we have assumptions and 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 decisions but we never Often we never know. And, you know, when you talk to the child, sometimes they can tell us, but sometimes they don't even know. It's just part of this bigger process that's going on. And so if we can give them that time to learn through play um, and follow those wonders and curiosities, giving them the time to experiment and build their own theories and then, you know, again, taking it to the next level, growing and developing and um, uh, scaffolding uh, when, when uh, appropriate. And then they're forming their own views and, and building confidence. You know, they're become really innovative learners. Um, oftentimes, again, that empty vessel a model or even there's another kind of view of the child where we think okay they're not empty vessels they have resources within them but it requires us as the adult to help them uh, access those resources and so that's when you know we you know again i'll use the eraser example that would be um, the educator seeing what's going on and feeling like, oh, I need to step in and show this child how the eraser works. I find, you know, you're making me realize too, there are times
1: when I was so bored playing the same game or the same thing over and over again with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad I didn't take the perspective that I, I had to change the activity because of my boredom. Mm-hmm. Because then, now I see, no, well, I'm not, maybe technically clearly, but I have an idea now as to the importance of still letting them play a certain way until they were finished playing with it. Yeah. The eraser is such a brilliant example. And I could think of so many times and, and, and people I know that would be, would have, well, like one of the grandparents in particular, who would have thought this was just total rubbish and judged the child for doing it. And then saying, like, stop, you know, you're going to put a hole in the paper. Well, like, so what? Who cares if they erase to the point where we get a hole in the paper? Then they figure
2: out they can put a hole in the paper, right? Like it's. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's all part of it. Yeah. 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 You know, we are in a culture that is very um, based in right wrong. Oh, yeah. God. Right. So we have um, we can get caught up in these ideas of what the right way to do something is. And so we interrupt process when we do that. But learning is a process. And so acknowledging, you know, where anyone is on the process, it's not wrong. It's just that's where they are in the process. And trusting that development and supporting that development without interfering because I ignored our timing
1: earlier. We need to go to our second break already, Kathy, sorry. But I really would like to um, come back to trusting the process after our our break because I I think that that's so integral because I think a lot of parents or people in general, we've lost the trust in play because play has changed so much over the last 30, 40, 70 years. And yeah, so let's go come back to that trusting that process. So as I said, we're having to head to our break. Sorry, this segment was so long, but I am just thoroughly loving my conversation with Kathy Belgrave. I hope you are as well. So please come back. We will be back in just a couple of minutes and carry on this fascinating conversation. And I hope you're learning as much as I'm learning. All right, everybody, we'll see you after the break. Thanks.
0: We all have different experiences with, and definitions of, kindness. These experiences and beliefs about kindness have influenced who we are today and how we see the world. The universe is always listening. So what are you telling the universe today? Tune in to Cultivating Kindness with Karen. Each week as Karen guides you to understanding how each choice you are making is either keeping you stuck or opening up the energy of empowerment for you. Listen to Cultivating Kindness with Karen Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. This is Cultivating Kindness with Karen. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to karen at karenlesley.ca. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad you're here with us today with myself, Karen Leslie, and Kathy Belgrave. We are having a, what I'm finding, anyways, a really interesting conversation about play. And if you have questions or if anything we say kind of stirs you a little bit, either way, positive, negative, be you know, by all means, reach out to me. You can send me an email as you just heard, Karen at karenleslie.ca, and Leslie is spelled L-E-S-L-I-E know why and I get that a lot but anyways that's okay and you can also follow me on all different forms of social media platforms and we can connect that way as well through messages and uh, have conversations together as always I try to bring to you new information new ideas helping you think out of the box a little bit and I know that sometimes I'll say things that people think are right and other times people are going to think it's wrong and if you struggle with that, go back to a previous episode where I talked about what if you were never right and what if you were never wrong. <laughs> because it's a wonderful place to be. And I think, Kathy, from what you were saying just before our break, that that we can view play as being wrong, or we can view these activities from such a place of judgment. And how just how much that strips away from both the child and the person that has that point of view it just it's not kind everything in here on the show it's all about kindness and that is not playing with kindness
2: <laughs> yeah and sometimes you know children do things that in their play that they do need a little bit of guidance you know like let's say throwing blocks around the room and so sometimes it's about the adult creating you know what in education we call yes spaces. And so, um, not saying what you're doing is wrong. It's like, oh, I'm witnessing this child throwing. They're, they have the urge to throw. So, we can maybe go outside. They're wanting big body movement. So, maybe we can go outside. Or if I can't go outside, um, maybe we create a space. So, and including the children in the decision making, you know, like, hey, I see you want to throw. Can we make a space in the room? But every time you throw, you know, you're disrupting this group over here that are, you know, building with Lego or playing house or whatever they're doing. So, where can we find this space for you to throw? And having the child participate in that decision making you know, and then what to throw. You know, um, one of the children, you know, I had this exact example in in one of my classes. And so what we did is we um, took um, recycled paper and made balls and wrapped tape around the balls. And so that brought this whole other level of fascination with the tape. And again, trusting the child to use the tape in whatever way they're going to use. And so, you know, tape is a tricky, fine motor thing for some children, but giving them that space to experiment and not, you know, stepping outside of that right wrong and seeing like, okay, they're in process and maybe offering like a couple tips on what they could try for them to help their own process. And so then we had all these paper balls and um, this child created a game. Um, off in the chosen area and kind of through to their heart's content and then other children saw this going on and came over and wanted to join in and so now they're into their spontaneous um, authentic play they're all motivated in this activity Um, they're all choosing for themselves not an adult directing they're sustaining it for as long as they want because another aspect of play is also to quit when you want um they're sorting out their rules they're um using their imagination and creativity because you'll watch children change the rules you know to accommodate whatever their need is And, and and you know they're trying to sustain the play and so that's another area as adults we can tend to want to intervene of like well wait a minute you're changing the rules that's not okay but for the children it's totally okay they're just kind of in process with it and the game they started with may evolve into something quite different and most times the group is okay with it (laughs) I I keep going
1: back to watching my kids and then the homeschooling group and I can so see examples of what you're saying but I love I love where you are with the children like to to recognize that the person this child wanted uh, how did you say it large body movement or big body movement I forget the wording you said sorry I was really listening to everything and not to go into hey it's wrong to throw something but you recognize a, a a need a shift in that child instead of stopping that and then forcing them to suppress that need and i mean it just is making my my mind go in circles like i just I, what you do is brilliant like those children are so fortunate to have people like you and others educated like you are that, you know, I know they're, they're all over the world, but to find you is mm-hmm. such a gift.
2: Yeah, it, and I would say, you know, the play-based learning is really quite a movement. Um, and uh, play-based educators would like to see play like throughout the entire education system, not just preschool. Um, it needs to be in elementary school. It needs to be in high school. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so much research out there around how children learn. And they learn through experience. They learn through movement. They learn through connection with others. These interactions. They learn how to take reasonable risk. So then later as teenagers, they're able to um, make um choices around risk um, you know sometimes we get really caught up in the academics and <laughs> yeah worry you know like any parent isn't trying to suppress their child um, you know they're concerned they want their child to flourish and do well and we live in a culture that is very scientific and values yeah. academics um, Uh, and to a sometimes limiting point you know there there need a balance and you know the way school is set up right now of having big groups of children sitting for extended periods of time like none of that is supported by research same as recess recess being 15 minutes you know the research on children and play um, says that children need um, 45 minutes to an hour and a half to get into their play wow they don't even get that as a lunch break let alone a break
1: during the day for play no and I, I and I think we have mistakenly looked at phys ed or whatever it's called now as being the time for them to play but phys ed is so regulated it's full of do's and don'ts and that's wrong and and comparison and competition and the opposite of everything that i'm hearing you say yeah well it's not chosen by the child you know it's so not that's right you're right it's not (laughs) chosen by them
2: we're doing volleyball unit right now and this is how you serve and this is so there's rules and that's all fine but it's not chosen right it's not you're right and so those that love volleyball will look forward to it and those that would
1: really rather not be anywhere on a court for any type of sport like that
2: will be very uncomfortable what happens to those who don't like physical activity yeah right I had one of those in my family
1: Mm -hmm. that wasn't his thing Mm -hmm. so and that needed to and in in our family we honored that but that was easy for us to do here but it was more of a challenge when the school system became part of his life Mm
2: -hmm. yeah 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 you know the curriculum is really at the center Um, Because there isn't choice for teachers either, you
1: know. No, actually, and I feel that that's. um, I feel like we don't recognize that enough, or give them enough support because they're 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 told what needs to happen and how the day is supposed to run. I have I. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I suspect that if a teacher was given full reign as to how her day or his day was going to go with the students that they have, it would look very different.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, even thinking about school, you know, I think for school, it's, it's really reaching an understanding of what it actually is, and just being very neutral with what it is, and the parameters under which it operates and not expecting other things from it. Um, so, it, you know, so questions that I've asked in the past is like, is it reasonable to have a a class of you know 25 year olds in kindergarten or 25 you know grade fours and expect them all to get along or expect them all to be interested in whatever curriculum strand uh, is being taught at the same time and to move as this big group through so and you know questions i had when i was a classroom teacher is like who is to say whether you're hitting grade level or not you know you have very um defined assessments and ways of measuring that and markers of what that is but you know what what does that actually mean you know what happens to the child that is um developmentally not there yet. Well, I was just thinking that, and we're, we need to go to another
1: break. Can you believe it? This, this time is passing so quickly, but when you were speaking, I was thinking about myself personally. Um, I, I'd I've never, never understood why, but I always knew I was a little different in some ways. But now through my own research and talking with people, I recognize that I have what people call now a neurodivergent brain. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more people whose brains function in this different manner. And so I get why I struggled in certain ways in school and that I got through it all. And yeah, I got through three years of university. I couldn't tolerate staying longer like you did. (laughs) I was like, I get me out of here because it was so tough. Um, The structure and the way we look at at play and how activities in general, even if they're not play-based activities and that the neurodivergent brain, which, you know, these children are showing up more and more with this different aptitudes and strengths and capacities that we don't always see as being those positive words. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to go for our break. And maybe we can continue this conversation a little bit more, Kathy, in our last, last segment. Oh, my goodness. So thank you, everyone, for being here with us on Cultivating Kindness with Karen. I'm Karen Leslie, your host, and you're here on the inspired choices network. So again, on this break, maybe get up, move around, do something kind of fun for yourself and oops, and come on back and carry on this conversation with myself and my guest, Kathy Belgrave. Okay. We'll see you soon people. Bye.
0: We all have different experiences with and definitions of kindness. These experiences and beliefs about kindness have influenced who we are today and how we see the world. This is Cultivating Kindness with Karen. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to karen at karenlesley.ca. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for being here with Kathy Belgrave and myself. Cultivating Kindness with Karen has been uh, a little over three months now on air on the Inspired Choices Network. When I started, when I had this idea to do this show, I really thought it was going to be sharing information with you, with the people who listen either on audio or actually watch us on TV, and and helping you to explore where you're at and to learn new things for yourself. But every week, And so much today, I I realize, I think I'm doing this show for me. (laughs) I'm learning so much about myself and receiving so much healing from being here. And I'm so grateful, Kathy, to you for everything that you're bringing forward for all of us. Um, People now here listening and those in the future about the importance of play. And, you know, as we were saying before the break, this the different ways in which our children think now and the prevalence for these differences. Like I see play as being even more, can it be more important? Like it just really feels like it needs to be there.
2: Yes. Yes. Especially post COVID. Yeah. Yes. So many restrictions and children didn't have a chance to play in the way that they could be close and interacting in those intimate ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a thought as you were talking and now it's gone. Um, oh, I
1: experienced that all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, I got distracted with the whole COVID thing. So maybe I'll just talk about that a little bit, but um, sure. you know, I recently taught during uh, spring break. And I I taught a morning preschool class and I taught an afternoon creative writing and art class. Mm. Um, What I noticed about, and so the creative writing and art class was for ages eight to 12 and was four and five-year-olds. What I noticed that both groups had in common was their need for social contact. um, Their need to play um, the four-year-olds, you know, to just have that, that freedom to explore and I found myself just letting go of so many things that I had intended to like invite them into explorations about in certain art activities and whatnot and just really put out the blocks the kitchen was set up just all these different things and just allowed them to move freely and explore and interact and You know, and, you know, with that particular group, what I noticed is that they they needed support in um, solving conflict. Um, They didn't quite have the language to speak for themselves. And so helping them find the words to let another person know how they were feeling when someone grabbed something away from them and whatnot. With the school age children, um, they wanted to hang out and talk. And play around with ideas and push story ideas to the absolute limit of ridiculous. Um, And just holding a space to give them that opportunity to explore those. What are the limits of a story? But also I'm noticing they're like feeding off each other. They're laughing at the ridiculousness of what they're creating, Um, you know, just hanging out. You know, for others, I notice um, with the art component, you know, um, what their childhood is like. And you uh, mentioned earlier in the show that it's different than what you and I grew up in. Um, And I saw, you know, one child... In their story writing, telling me, you know, um, they were writing about a school shooting. Oh my. Another um, child, through his doodling, showed me his understanding of the war between uh, Russia and the Ukraine. And so oh, these wow. really complex, potent things. Um, That are happening in children's lives and affecting them and they need a space to talk about them and work it out um, amongst each other, but at times with an adult as well and so that adult has to be able to enter into that conversation outside of a right wrong, outside of I'm going to correct your perception, but be in flow um, and be part of the conversation and so it's letting go of some of these images uh, we have of children that they need us to tell them the right way of things yeah
1: absolutely wow that is so powerful Kathy I'm really glad you shared that
2: actually because it's yeah so you know after I experienced that you know because I had all these ideas around you know, fun things to offer them in their writing. And it became a space of conversation and and exploration on their own, with me joining in conversations from from time to time. And went home thinking, wow, they're just shouldering so much. But then I thought of, you know, when you and I were growing up and Vietnam was war was on. And so yeah, but it didn't have the
1: same publicity. We didn't see the war we we heard about it
2: yeah exactly the most we saw the most i saw was you know the front page of the globe and mail yeah (laughs) or maybe you'd hear a strand on the radio you know um and you know as a kid we didn't watch the news no Uh, we didn't have that global
1: but kathy i'm sorry we have 30 seconds left So I want to say deeply from my heart, thank you so much for being here. And I've learned so much and I hope all of our viewers have as well. You're a brilliant woman and I'm so glad you're in the lives of all of these children. And I hope all of you will come back next week and you will be part of our show. Next week, we are talking about self admiration. And as always, I'm sending you waves of kindness and wishing you a blessed day. And I look forward to sharing with you again next
0: week. Thank you for listening to Cultivating Kindness with Karen. Karen Leslie returns Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can find Karen at KarenLeslie.ca and follow her on social media. Until next Wednesday, Garrett is sending you waves of kindness for a fabulous week. Remember, it's only you who has the power to be and receive the kindness required to change your life.